Please stay standing with me for this morning's gospel reading from Matthew chapter 1. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So when Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took Mary as his wife, but had no relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. Friends, the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. And so now, gracious God, in these moments, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of all of our hearts together in this place and in all places, be found pleasing to you. O Lord, you are our rock, our redeemer, and our Emmanuel. Amen. Poo-poo to the who's, he was grinchishly humming. They're finding out now that no Christmas is coming. They're just waking up. I know just what they'll do. Their mouths will hang open a minute or two. Then the who's down in Whoville will all cry, boo-hoo. That's a noise, grinned the Grinch, that I simply must hear. So he paused and the Grinch put his hand to his ear. And he did hear a sound rising over the snow. It started in low, and it started to grow. But the sound wasn't sad. No, the sound sounded merry. It couldn't be so, but it was merry, fairy. He stared down at Whoville. The Grinch popped his eyes. Then he shook. What he saw was a shocking surprise. Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presents at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it came just the same. It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And the Grinch feet with his, and the Grinch with his Grinch feet ice cold in the snow stood puzzling and puzzling, how could it be so? How could it be so? That is the question I want to invite us to reflect on together this morning. I don't know about you all, but I am beginning this week before Christmas just feeling weary. 
And I don't think I'm the only one. It's been a heavy season here in our church with folks we love in serious condition in the hospital. We've lost several people we love recently. It's a lot. And then I was talking with some women before Friday church this week, and they said they really weren't looking forward to Christmas at all. That because of their recovery program, they're not able to be with family for the holidays, and they would rather Christmas just come and go quietly. It reminded me that when difficult things happen at the holidays, for whatever reason, it just feels heavier. When the world around us is screaming and shouting and singing that this is the most wonderful, holly jolly time of the year, but our lives and our world don't necessarily match up with that, it's hard. Just look at the news headlines right now, and you might ask, how could Christmas come at a time like this? How could Christmas come with 150 crosses on our lawn and nine more that our youth are nailing in this morning? How could Christmas come in the midst of a murder-suicide that killed a family of four in our city? How could Christmas come as this war in Ukraine that we've almost become numb to still rages on? How could Christmas come in the midst of an overwhelming drought and food crisis in Somalia right now? And how could Christmas come in you fill in the blank with the stories that I know you carried with you into this room today? It's hard. I know. But when I read today's text, I'm reminded that perhaps in the hard places is exactly where Christmas happens. Perhaps when we're weary and ragged and worn down, that is the perfect place for God to show up. And maybe that's where God shows up best. I love how Bible scholar Debbie Thomas describes this story. She says, Joseph, the God-fearing carpenter, wakes up one morning to find that his world has completely shattered. His fiancée is pregnant. He knows he is not the father. And suddenly he has no good options to choose from. If he calls attention to Mary's pregnancy, she might be stoned to death, as Levitical law prescribes. Or if he divorces her quietly, she will be forced to choose between begging and prostitution to support herself and this child. And whatever way he goes, Joseph will be tainted forever by this scandal and this ridiculous claim that the baby's dad is somehow God. What in the world do you do with that? But just when Joseph had thrown in the towel... Just when he had lost all hope, the text says, just when he had resolved to, met, to let Mary go quietly, that's when God shows up on the scene. That's when this angel appears with this good news that would change Joseph's world and all of our worlds. Because maybe it's in the midst of despair 
and hopelessness and grief, that God shows up best. Another minister, Meredith Ann Miller, shared the same sentiment this week on social media. She said, are you weary? So were Mary and Joseph, having to settle for the truth without proof amid the threat of scandal and adversity. Maybe weary is the Christmas spirit, she said. Are you feeling desperate? So was Israel, she said, for the end of Roman occupation. Maybe desperate is the Christmas spirit. Are you unsure if God will ever really show up? (laughs) So were the many people who must have wondered if God's action in the past might just be that, a thing of the past. And yet that's the Christmas spirit. Are you afraid of how the powerful in our world might act? (laughs) So were the residents of Jerusalem, knowing Herod's rage and what he was capable of. Maybe that is the Christmas spirit. Are you longing for something more? (laughs) So was the world that very first Christmas. Maybe longing is the Christmas spirit. You don't have to be anything different, anything other than what you are experiencing right now in this very moment. Because the good news is that God's love finds us, is born in us, in the midst of our weariness and our desperation and our longing, no matter where we are. Friends, that is the good news of Christmas. I think most of you have heard me speak about my Uncle Jack before, but I have a new story this morning that I don't think I've shared with you. One of his favorite family heirlooms was this beloved Christmas cactus that had been passed down in our family through generations. My cousin Corey thinks that it's been in the Birdwistle family for about 130 years. And almost every year, he would be so proud, and he would post photographs on social media when that bird whistle Christmas cactus started blooming. Well, when Jack passed away unexpectedly a few years ago, his friends and family spent weeks going through his house and his belongings, preparing to sell the house and to clean everything up. And it wasn't until most things had been cleared out that my cousin Dan, Jack's son, realized he hadn't seen the Christmas cactus in a while. He searched everywhere, called family and friends, but no one knew where it was. Until finally, in an act of desperation, Dan decided to look in the dumpster. And would you know that underneath, like, piles and piles of trash, nearly a month after Jack had passed away, he found that small potted plant. (laughs) Now, we all accepted that this would probably never bloom again, but we were just grateful to have this beloved bird whistle family heirloom. You know, the truth is that we live in a world where death and loss and pain are harsh realities. I don't have to tell you that this morning. I can look around this room and see story after story and am reminded that you know this all too well. We know how 
grief and pain and tragedy just tend to knock on our door at the least expected moment. But the reality is that God comes to us. Christmas comes to us. Christmas knocks on our door too. Not away from or apart from these moments, but in the very midst of them all. That's where Christmas is born. As Thomas Merton once wrote, in Advent we celebrate the coming and indeed the presence of Christ in our world. We witness to Christ's presence even in the midst of all of its problems and tragedies. Our Advent faith, he says, is not an escape from the world to a misty realm of slogans and comforts which declare our problems to be unreal and our tragedies non-existent. Instead, our task is to seek and to find Christ in our world as it is, not as it might be. The fact that the world is other than it might be does not alter the truth that Christ is still present with us in it. Our Advent is a celebration of this hope. Christ with us in the world as it is with us right this very moment. Not the hallmark version of what we hope it might be, but Christ with us now. With us in what Ever you carried into this room this morning. And I think we see and experience that too. We experience it in those moments when we are given a courage that we didn't even know we had. Like I have seen so miraculously in Jackie Mars over the past two weeks. How even in the midst of a crisis, when it feels like the world is falling apart, somehow we know we're not alone. And we think, how could it be so? Where did that come from? We experience it in those moments when we are overcome with a sort of peace that we could not understand like I've seen in Marsha Mitchell's family over the past few days. Even in the midst of complete grief, we find peace and we think, how could it be so? How could those two things coexist? We discover it in those moments when we offer a forgiveness to someone that we didn't know we had within us. Or or when we find a strength and resilience that we didn't think was possible like we've seen in Gloria McBee's grandson and Allison Shurek's nephew, Ryder, hanging on to that McBee strength. And we think, how could it be so? And sometimes we find it in the form of a beloved family Christmas cactus that even though it had been sitting at the bottom of a dumpster for over a month, somehow began blooming again at Christmas time. And it continues to bloom to this day. How could it be so? We cannot begin to conceive. But friends, this is the season for us to behold and believe. Christmas comes when in sadness we are met with great care. And even in grief we are not left to despair. Christmas comes when we are weary and fatigue and dismay through this angel of the Lord who says, Do not be afraid. 
For unto you is born a child who will be a savior for the world, hope for all people to see. He will bring justice and he will repair all of that which the world has left to despair. So this Christmas, may we behold and wonder and pray, trusting in our Emmanuel who always makes a way. May the God who is with us be ever present and near. Merry Christmas, dear Highland, and Happy New Year. Amen.